If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we are back with another of our Masks of Naralathotep episodes. Uh, we join our investigators in progress while bleeding at their local village bar. Uh, we'll get to that uh, in a second, though. So uh, to introduce uh, all of our investigators, we'll go around the table, as we always do, to my virtual right. It's Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and I am not bleeding. Oh, not yet. Give it time. To his right. Hi, I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I am drinking at the bar. Uh, at the end of the table. I'm Jake. I play Jack Doyle, and I am bleeding at the bar. You are indeed. To Jack's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach, and I'm trying not to get blood all over the place. Mm, well, that's going to be a little harder uh, than you might imagine. Uh, to the doctor's right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and I think Doyle's going to be a werewolf. Yeah, this is the part where you tell them you told them so. Nice. <laughs> and last but most certainly not least. This is Alex. I'll be playing Simon Gouranger, and uh, I just realized that I have pulp talents. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so I'd like to thank all of the backers of our show. We greatly appreciate your support for... Uh, for our little adventures, our fun adventures that we're having here. We have a new backer to thank this episode, and that's DJ Shadow Penguin. Uh, he is on our Discord server. If you are listening to this episode and you are not a member of the Old Ways Podcast Discord server, I encourage you to come find us. It's in all of our social medias. You can easily find the Discord server and come join us. Come chat with us and then uh, maybe see about joining the Patreon and, and getting into a little deeper into what we have to offer. So we will start this episode right where we left the last one. Jack on a bar table, bleeding while uh, Sigmund works his medical magic and uh, tries to patch Jack back up. So take it away, gentlemen. Stop moving around so much, Jack. You're going to make it worse. So uh, what do we can tell everybody? Tomorrow morning, we're, I'm going to talk to the sheriff, and he's going to want uh, to know what happened. You went for a walk. No, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily think that uh, it is going to be out of line for uh, us to make it very clear to the constable that we know that he has uh, not indeed solved this problem. We don't necessarily have to embarrass him in front of the town unless we feel it is necessary. But I finish my drink and I turn around and, and I, you know, I, I agree with Simone. We should be up front with the constable. There's clearly something very wrong here. Jack has seen it. I have seen it. Yeah, but uh, we can't just go to the constable and tell him what I saw, because that's not going to work very well. 
What did you see, Jack? Can you describe the creature? It was enormous, and it walked on two legs. It looked roughly like a, a wolf, kind of. I'm watching the innkeeper. Yeah, he's definitely paying attention to your section of the pub. Uh, there isn't anybody else left. Everybody else has gone home. It's him. Is he listening to us? Does he seem to be responding to what we're talking about, or does he does he seem to be minding his business? He seems to be doing a bit of column A and a bit of column B. He is listening, actively listening, you can tell, but he's also um, minding his own quote-unquote business. I think the constable's very aware of what's going, around, uh, going on around here, as are some of the town people. Well, I, what they're willing to admit to and what they privately believe are two different things. I'm not saying go around town and tell everybody what you saw, but we, we should probably be honest with the constable. Does it look like the uh, bartender is listening to us? I mean, he's in the same room with you. He's not staring anyone down by any means, but he's cleaning up after oh, okay. customers who've walked out. But he's not... He's not, like, actively listening, that I can tell. Right. What was the barkeeper's name again? Uh, Michael. He's Michael. <gasps> oh. You tried to make it easy? Uh, that's what she said. All right. Um, <laughs> Michael? He looks up from uh, wiping down the one of the rails. Uh, yes, Miss Lane? Do you think I could get um, a bottle of... Whatever alcohol you're willing to part with for a little bit in a glass. If you'd like a drink, I'm happy to pour. Mm. Okay, a drink. Something strong. Sure. Thank you. He goes to the back bar. Because I know that Miss O'Shea is paying attention. You see that he reaches back and pulls a bottle out that's hidden a bit from, um, from sight. Because it's covered up by a bunch of herbs uh, and flowers. And he pours probably two and a half fingers worth of this amber-brown alcohol out of it. There's no label on the bottle. It's fine. I'm, I'm assuming I'm gullible enough to trust him. Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, here you are. Thanks. And I put some money on the counter for him. I go take the drink over to Jack and give it to him. Much pledged. So you're going to go out alone next time without us? I went to go get Simone. Uh-huh. I knew he was out there alone, and I didn't want to waste time uh, trying to round up a bunch of other people. Apparently. You know, at least take a buddy with you. It could have even been Forsyth. I mean, if you did not want him to go alone, why did you not go with him? He snuck out. I didn't sneak out. Really? Did you tell anybody? I was downstairs when I heard the howling, and I went outside. <gasps> you heard howling? No, you didn't. I'm just giving you crap, because that's what you said to me when I heard howling. I probably actually look pretty shook after you start talking about the howling again. I will put my glass down and kind of sigh. Perhaps we should uh, move this upstairs so that we can uh, figure out what we are going to do in the morning. I agree. And I believe Jack can be moved. I uh, grab the doctor's arm and pull him away to a corner to whisper to him. Oh my. Yeah. Just so you're aware, if he was attacked by a werewolf, there's a possibility that he will... he's infected now. Well, a year ago I would have said that you are crazy, but now I cannot say such a thing in good conscience. Oh, I will keep an eye on him. Let's see what his wounds look like in the morning. Agreed. Otherwise, we may have to wait till the next full moon. Or tomorrow night. I hope he's not. Obviously. But from a doctor's standpoint, it would be fascinating. Sure, to have somebody, something else with us all the time that could potentially just, like, rise up and eat us sounds wonderful. Well, you know, the threat you know versus the threat you don't, I, you know. <laughs> sure. But don't worry, Miss O'Shea, we will keep an eye on him. Yes. Wonderful, you guys move it upstairs. I did make my wolfsbane mixture, correct? You did? Okay, I want to make sure that... Just put some on the wound, then. And poison him? <laughs> Here, this will keep you from becoming a werewolf. And because it'll kill you. And become older. <laughs> it will prevent a lot of things. <laughs> you guys take it upstairs, and uh, Jack, you're not... This isn't the worst 
wound you've had. Yeah. Uh, it's not comfortable, but after the doctor's treatment and bandaging, you know, it's, it's going to be stiff in the morning for sure. I'm going to try to remember what I saw. You saw a big dark shape and then two more join it. You saw what looked like a figure that moved a bit around like it moved on its haunches. Its legs didn't look right. Like it almost looked like a dog's hind legs. What about its their their heads? Uh, hard to see uh, in the, all of the darkness. You, you you remember that they were they didn't look right in the face. There was something about their eyes. They're wide set. Their noses were strange. You don't remember seeing a, a big, long snout like you'd imagine on an actual dog. Um, but the howling and the claws fit, you know, it definitely fit the picture. You get Jack settled. So, do we just uh, play it by ear? Deal with the constable in the morning? Or are there some things that we probably need to talk about? There's always things we need to talk about, but... Perhaps you could tell us what you saw when you were out. Yeah, I guess I find a chair, sit down, relax for probably the first time tonight since my time in the tree. I was uh, exploring the grounds around the, the castle and I managed to uh, make my way into a garden where there was a mausoleum. Something was moving in the bushes and uh, I heard a howl and then I heard uh, a couple more. And I saw these creatures, they were uh, scraping at the ground and clawing in front of the uh, the door of the mausoleum, and howling, howling. There was more than one? There were three that I could see. I waited uh, until they were gone. And, and uh, I examined the mausoleum. It did not look like they were trying to break in. The door was, uh, I was able to open it and... I put something in the door so that uh, we can see whether anything is coming in or out. But after that, I left as fast as my feet would carry me. And I ran into the doctor and Forsyth. I did not know that uh, Jack would come looking for me. But we did not see him on the road, which means that he would have had to have taken uh, another path, no? He must have. We didn't see him. Probably just missed each other. I didn't go, I didn't go directly up to the castle. I went around on the... Uh the village road, so maybe that had something to do with it. Oh, after, I did not see which way they went after uh, the the mess they left on the grounds in front of the mausoleum, but no one in the castle was even responding to the noise that was going on outside. No lights, no people. Everyone was already indoors. Nobody was walking the grounds. They clearly know something. Anyway, I did not uh, get necessarily as close as Monsieur Doyle. If it is not too much to uh, to talk about, you tell us. Well, like I've said before, it was big, real big, like some kind of cross between a man and a wolf. Walked on two legs, claws, teeth. It uh, it smelled bad, like death. Morgan, give me an idea roll. Got a hard success, thirty-one over eighty-four. I'm gonna send you a message. And like I said, I shot it four times, point blank. It took all four shots, and it uh, it left. It doesn't look like it, ran, or it was leaving because it was too injured. It looked like it was leaving because it had some better to do. So perhaps it's play uh, bit back to Odd, no? Perhaps. But it didn't seem to slow it down at all. I look at uh, Maeve, and you said silver is what we need for these? There's been talk of silver bullets. Or silver weapons, but there's nothing, I mean, really definitive. And where are we going to melt down pure silver? Well, the question is uh, whether or not we really need to kill these things. If these are people and they live here and they have something to do with the veins, it's uh, I think uh, there are more than one ways to skin a werewolf, no? But if they're killing people... Like, why wouldn't you... I don't know. Why wouldn't I exterminate them? I would, especially in self-defense. Miss Lane? So everything up to the point where you were talking about the smell sounds like what we've been described to as werewolves. But the more detail that Jack gives, 
the more it sounds like a ghoul. A ghoul? Yeah, so that's what I dealt with when I went to Miskatonic. And after I dealt with that, that that's where I met Jackson Elias, and he helped me come to terms with that. What is a ghoul? Can I make an occult roll? You absolutely can, and so can Miss O'Shea. Actually, anybody Good. with a cult can make the roll. Good, I want to make the roll. Oh. <laughs> and I've completely forgot what I was about to tell you. Morgan, <laughs> you do not have to make a roll. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Wow. 95 out of... Yeah. This is amazing. What's I know, right? That is a that is a clean sweep of every uh, investigator. I'm calling a mulligan, and I think we should start <laughs> the game with seven new cards. No, that's not the way it works. So, quite honestly, um, most of you have not heard of Gouldom. Um from the books that you have, Miss O'Shea. You don't remember any references to what a ghoul is, and so you're really looking, actually, to learn from what Miss Lane might know. Yeah. It's something I don't know. Go ahead, Mike. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Um, that's, that's not my job. So this is your backstory, Miss Lane. So maybe you could inform them yep. a bit about what happened and what you experienced. I thought I'd, we had talked about this back in the ship. Sure, sure. But Simon, Simon wasn't there. And you didn't sure. give very much detail, I don't think. That's true. It's a wonderful opportunity. Oh, it's yeah, you, an opportunity. You did kind of dance around the subject previously, so I mean. Sure. When I went to Miskatonic several years ago, I came to discover that the students were holding a ghoul in the basement of university, and they were feeding the ghoul flesh, obviously human flesh. Obviously. Obviously, because that's what they eat—is flesh, human flesh. So the ghoul ended up getting out. And I had a run-in with it. We were able to disperse of that. The school ended up just giving the kids a slap, a slap on the wrist. They, were, they didn't really get in trouble for it or anything. But based on what Jack is saying, is like it seems like originally that perhaps we were dealing with a were there was a werewolf problem originally when those people got killed. But what he describes is more more ghoul-like and because of the smell. Because no the. Do they look like animals? They can. They can have a really like deranged type face, like with pointy ears. So it, it, the description is it sounds to me like almost ghoul-like. But okay, how do we kill those? Actually, the way that Elias and you dealt with the situation was that you led the ghoul away, and it was really only after some time getting it. Corralled, he actually used a um, a type of um, hunting snare to snare it. Uh, that you found that the ghoul could speak and talk, and they reasoned. He, you, and he reasoned with it and uh, found a different path for it. Did ghouls howl though? Yeah, they they can howl, like you know we would think werewolves would. Are they created? But are they human? Is are they are they people? Is it a uh, temporary thing? Is it a are these just monsters that are roaming the countryside here? They don't get to turn back into humans. They they are I guess just what they are. They're are they like are they mystically created? You and you and Elias never really came to a conclusion about how they were created. Um, but the students confessed that they had either found or captured it in their search of one of the university's basements and it was at that point that they tra they basically treated it like a, a lost puppy except one that could you know gnash its teeth and kill people the other question i have is do you know that if somebody is attacked do they become one i don't believe so i i don't think i was ever hurt um, not that you remember anyway and they can eat you, but then you'll just be dead. So you think it's a ghoul because it smells bad and because it... And because of the description that Jack gave of it. I mean... The description I heard sounded like a werewolf. Yeah, he said it stands on two feet. Jack, was it really super hairy? 
Um, there was a bit of hair along its upper shoulder ridges, at least that you saw, but most of, now that you're thinking back to the, the moments, when it swung its arms at you, you don't remember them being significantly hairy. You, rem- you remember them being powerful, but not um, not what you would consider hairy. So, yeah, I guess not terribly hairy, no. Okay. Mike, do I remember where ghouls stay during... I'm assuming they don't come out during the daytime for because they're, they're monsters of the night, but where they, where they like to live at based on my discussion with the ghoul at Miskatonic? What little you have gained from that moment in time, uh, I mean, is, is under quite a bit of, of also repressed emotions and, and mental memories. Mm-hmm. It was not a pleasant time to be dealing with the face-to-face reality of, of, a, of a ghoul, nor being hunted by it, which is what happened just east of the school when you and uh, Jackson dealt with it. So you didn't have any long conversations with it. You passed a few words, and uh, Elias was able to convince it to essentially roam somewhere else. Okay. So I, yeah, I guess I wouldn't know where to be in looking, but Jack, you saw it over by the castle, correct? Yeah, off the road to the castle. And Simone, you left something. I think you already mentioned it. You already you mentioned you left something in the door propped open. It's in front of the mausoleum. I wonder if we need to go searching through there during the daylight. Well, so. I didn't say it was a perfect plan, but you know, <laughs> non-perfect plans apparently also involve going out by yourself and getting swiped at by a ghoul. Well, have we? Uh... Mademoiselle Lane uh, was successful, no, in securing an invitation to the castle? Yes. Uh, they haven't called and told me what time yet, though. But it is supposed to be tomorrow, or I don't know what time it is, but yeah. It's, it's past 11. Let, yeah, we deal with the constable in the morning and uh, deal with the veins as long as the sun is in the sky, no? That sounds good. And uh, I believe it is uh, probably in our best interest to do so without pointing any fingers right away. And even if we find out that uh, they are there, I suppose we can figure out what to do if that is the case. I wonder if we'd be able to find a, a blood trail tomorrow morning to go back to where Jack shot that creature. It should not be hard to find. If we cannot yeah. find the picture's blood, we should at least find Jack's. That's true. I wonder if there are catacombs under the castle. Which room are we in currently? I'm guessing we're in the... You're in the gentleman's the gentleman's room. Okay. Oh, that's right, because Jack, uh, Jack is laying down. Uh, then I'm going to uh, kick off my shoes and, I guess, get into my bed. That seems like a perfect time to exit. Uh, you feel that, Miss Lane, pretty quickly. If people are starting to lay down in bed, it's probably time to go. All right. I will uh, go back to my room and also change my clothes and get into bed. Wonderful. Um, so you all rest... Uh, for the most part, um, some of you a bit fitter than others. And morning arrives on the village in a very pleasant and calm way. Uh, there is a wonderful spread of breakfast that uh, Alice has put out. All sorts of uh, treats and uh, meats are available. I followed on behind Miss um, O'Shea. Alice says that uh, if you'd like some coffee, she can make some, although they don't really make it here very much. Uh, Jack, when you wake up, you're definitely sore. Um, but it seems that uh, it seems that the doctor's done a fair good of work. As he usually does. I will uh, offer Jack some fresh bandages. No, oh, thank you. Uh, wake up, get dressed, and amble my way downstairs. Breakfast is served. The uh, group either gets to it or foregoes it, depending on what they would like to do. Uh, But um, it isn't long in the morning until uh, the constable arrives at the uh, Laughing Horse Inn. I was going to be waiting outside while the group was eating breakfast because I know that I know he's coming. Oh, absolutely. Um, You can see him coming a mile away. Uh, Full head of steam, too. He uh, approaches the inn and nods at you. I assume your man's awake? Uh, yes, I believe uh, they are eating breakfast right now. Perhaps uh, 
we can uh, adjourn somewhere that is not necessarily the inn. Do you not have an office or a place nearby? He kind of screws up his features a little bit. Do you presume to tell me what to do? No, I am simply uh, hoping that we can do what we need to do and discuss what we need to discuss without necessarily raising more alarms than we did last night. Wasn't I who brought a pistol? If he hadn't brought that pistol, there's a chance we'd be down one man. He turns the handle on the door and heads inside. Go on behind him. He heads to the bar. I don't follow him all the way. I will break off and go back to the group as he goes past them. He nods to both Alice and to Michael when they put a plate out for him. You can see he uh, seems to keep it fairly reasonable and uh, and sits down to eat and kind of just keeps his field of vision where he can see Jack. <laughs> he kind of hunkers over his plate a bit as if uh, as if he's a crab on the beach waiting to click and clack at anything he can get his hands on. Monsieur Doyle, if you could uh, do the constable service and chew your food very slowly. <laughs> you all progress through breakfast. Um, eventually the constable finishes up. Jack, if you have not finished by this time, uh, he does approach the table. Yeah, I'm sure I've finished by now. He says, uh, if you'd come outside with me, that'd be fine. Yeah, no problem. He, uh, marches outside. I'm gonna, I guess, I'll look at Jack and see whether or not he indicates that he wants backup. No, I'm good. Once the two of you are outside, you can see that the village is just still kind of moving about the morning. Um, This is a farming community, so most of the people have been up for at least a couple of hours. But he takes you aside around the corner of the inn towards the, uh, the pathway that leads to Castle Plum. Now, why don't you and I agree that we're going to keep this story here in the village, right? Absolutely. Now, um, every man's more than able to carry something if he needs to defend himself, but we can't have <clears throat> we can't have a, the village feeling like it's turned into a war zone. Tell me where you saw it and what happened, and the rest I will handle. My friend, Simone, had gone out walking last night. I was sitting in the, the bar having a drink, and I heard howling. Now, obviously, you know, we all know the stories here, so I went looking for him. I followed the village road up to the castle, and I was um, ambushed by something. Ambushed, you say? Yeah. It attacked me before I even got a good look at it at first. Laid, me, laid into me, and I was able to pull my pistol and uh, fire several rounds at it, point blank. So, I'm, I gotta ask, did it look like a big dog? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be perfect. I'm gonna be honest with you right now, and uh, that was no dog. I don't know what the hell it was, but it wasn't a dog. He looks a little worried. I will, uh, I will do my duty and continue the investigation. Just. Uh, I'd ask that if any of the village here comes to you and wants to snoop their nose into your business, that you you tell them that you're going to keep it to yourself. I will do so. The last thing we want is more stories. Exactly. Um, Do you want me to show you? I should take you out there and show you where it was at? Aye, please. All right. You head out to the grove area and see just along the path there where where you think the attack happened at. Those of you who are in the Laughing Horse Inn can see uh, Jack and the constable walk uh, down the path again. There's a, several windows in the in the inn, so it's, it's not hard to see where they go. Uh, when you get down there, Jack, uh, you can see the, the ground where the attack happened. You can see that the grass here is still messed up. Looking around just the two of you, you do see that some of the grass here is still stained with something. It's hard to tell whether or not it's blood specifically, but that your, you know, trained war eye and investigative eye is fairly certain that it is. That's where I was laying as they uh, clawed me. So I, I gotta ask, what, what were you doing in the field this late at night? Well, I went looking for my friend. 
And so that beggars the question, what was he doing out here? Well, uh, he had gone for a, a walk, and obviously we missed each other because he came out with the rest of the villagers. I wish I had known he was making on his way back already, or I wouldn't have made our way out here. I'll do my best to take a look around here and see if I can find any trace of it. How long are you and your group planning on staying? Probably not more than a couple of more days. I know uh, Miss Lane wants to talk to the Vanes about uh, horse racing or something like that. If I can suggest, just be quick about it. Mm-hmm. I don't need... We don't need... This village doesn't need any more deaths, any more stories. Well, for your sake, I hope it uh, wraps up quickly. He uh, nods at you and then seems to gather his um, notebook and pen and, and begins moving off towards where you'd said that the creatures went, or creature went, because you only know of the one. Right. Hey, Mike, so I can kind of remember, I could have a, I have a much, like, obviously I have a much better uh, idea of what happened here last night than he does. Oh, yeah. Where was that creature standing? Not far from where you're at right now, maybe three or four yards there by the tree. It looks like it used a combination of the tree and the hedge nearby to basically camouflage itself. Um, it knew exactly what it was doing. So just looking at the, the tactics of the situation, this is a move that you might have used or seen used in the war. It's a perfect spot to... Uh, Ambush somebody. Absolutely. So I'm going to go uh, check out that spot. Okay, I'll get back to you in a second. Back at the inn, I suppose the question is to you, Miss Lane, what is your timing plan for today? Well, I haven't received any notice from the butler from the veins. He was supposed to call me back here at the Laughing Horse and let me know what time um, Lord Vane would be uh, able to see me. Yeah, you figure it's a little after eight, so maybe the call will come relatively soon. It might not be a bad idea if you are going to go to dinner or lunch or even have some sort of meal there. It might not be a bad idea to get cleaned up before um, that happens. You mean I can't wear pants? I, I didn't say that. I mean, <laughs> you can wear dress or pants or whatever you like, but uh, no, you, I will... and your, you and your compatriots might need to clean up a bit because he's a member of the House of Lords. He's a, he's a pretty politically powerful person, and you, you don't want to go in there smelling like, well, last night's, you know, midnight romp through the, through the hedge. Some of us didn't get to do that. You wait your turn. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is Jack back yet? Or is he still out with the constable? Oh uh, yeah, he hasn't returned just yet. Okay. I look to the rest of the group and so we should probably put on something fairly respectable if we're gonna go see Lord Vane today and maybe clean up a little bit. I give myself a quick sniff. Oh no, you do. You do. Don't don't worry. Yeah, um she's not um she's not wrong. <laughs> it's my traveling clothes. I head upstairs to go run a bath or... Wait, is the bath in the hallway? Yeah, it, 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 there's a single bathroom here, which has a large, long, white clawfoot tub, and then obviously the privy or the, the actual toilet. Is it in a four-enclosed room, though? It's not, like, sitting in the hallway or anything? No, it's in an enclosed <laughs> room, yes. Yeah. No, just it's right in sure. the stair... It's right on the stairway. You just... You never know. You're free and open to all the new people who come in. They're not savages. <laughs> I go to um, go clean myself up then first. Um, so what are the rest of you doing? Um, I'm waiting for... Um, since Jack and the constable have been gone for a while, I'll probably just go hang out outside. We can't all use the, uh, the wash at the same time. No. <laughs> can't or shouldn't. The uh, doctor's going to sit at the bar and maybe grab a bite to eat while we're waiting for everything to get going and maybe a, a quick drink and then be ready to go. You do. So if you would like to make, so, if you'd like to make a Cthulhu mythos roll aided by the, the books, you might be able to obtain some knowledge. Okay. You just would just have to tell me which book you're going to use. You have, um, Swift's book has a considerable bonus to uh, a cult if you want to roll it on a cult. Yeah, he might have something in there. I'll look at that one. A cult. Let's see if I can fail that again. Pretty epic failure last time. Yeah, what the heck? 
Yep. Well, I will spend... Well, hang on a second, though. That percentage on the Swift book has eight. So if you're using his as a guide, that's technically a 91. Oh, okay. So 81, 89 out of 91. Yeah, there are some references to ghouls within Swift's tome. They're mostly passing um, mentions of it. But he does, and in a couple of points, um, juxtapose a ghoul's ability to uh, absorb physical t- pain and torment as uh, something that um, he admires. Uh, and he goes into great detail about how ghouls have the ability to shrug off otherwise, otherwise powerful attacks. Um, he mentions that the family uh, back east kept several of them in an upstairs bedroom, which led to an attic. Uh, and they fed them flesh from a local graveyard because the ghouls preferred uh, the flesh of dead men. Cool. Okay. That's what you learn. That's your after breakfast uh, education. Woo! I will keep looking through books. Okay. For a while. Uh, so, Lawrence. We have a dinner date today sometime. I will uh, make it as ready as possible for when, for when that happens. You get a knock on the door probably about a half an hour later, Miss Lane, and it's Alice's voice, and you hear her. And you're out of the, the tub by this point, and you hear her say, uh, Miss Lane, uh, you have a caller? I will be right down. I finish getting ready and putting my hair up and go uh, downstairs. You finish up and, you know, put your hair up quick and then head back downstairs. You see the uh, innkeeper's wife standing there with the telephone and the candlestick. Here you are. Thank you. I um, take the the phone and uh, this this is Miss Lane. Uh, Yes, uh, Miss Lane. You can hear the the voice of the, the butler. It would very much please uh, Lord Vane if you would be willing to attend dinner this evening with him. Um, absolutely. Would it be okay if my compatriots came along as well? Hmm, of course. Uh, how many seats should I set for? for? Altogether, six of us. It should be wonderful to have that many visitors. I shall make the arrangements. Great, I appreciate it. And we will see you for dinner around what time is best? Uh, 5 p.m. Fantastic. We will be there then. Wonderful. Thank he you. hangs up the phone. What time is it, anyways? Uh, it's around about 10, so uh, we'll flash to Jack really quick. Jack, what other investigations are you hoping to do out there? Well, I just want to do... Uh kind of see what I could find, if I could find anything, any physical evidence why I was there. You do find a couple of trees that have some fairly significant claw marks, um, but unfortunately it would be fairly easy to write them off as just animal markings. Um, mm-hmm. They're not really deep or big enough to suggest otherwise. Okay. Then I'll head out. Okay. You head back. Everybody else gets cleaned up, I would imagine. Simon, you see ja- Jack come back. Did the uh, constable have anything enlightening to say? He just wants to try to keep this as quiet and not uh, disrupt anybody. I'll nod. It seems that the... Uh, it seems to be the general approach, no? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't ask, don't uh, tell. We will uh, need to find an excuse to uh, inspect the grounds at the, at the estate. Well, the doctor walks with a cane. Uh, Jack was recently attacked. Moment of error would be good for both of them, don't you? I am no doctor, but that sounds like a suitable prescription to me. I look over at Jack and um, Simone and... Um, gentlemen, we have dinner plans, 5 p.m. sharp. We should probably keep the conversation to says uh, for a time, though. Yes, let's not jump right into, do any of your family members eat anybody? <laughs> so, like, at least after dessert. Until we become the dessert. Oh, 
so that's, that's just not, let's not go there. And maybe this evening we can have like a buddy system and not go running off by ourselves. To be fair, I did not run there. I ran back <laughs> and I'll go upstairs true. and I, watch up. And I was talking to both of them and that, you know, <laughs> I just shake my head and I turn around and go back upstairs. Is anyone doing anything before the five o'clock dinner? I got nothing. Evening arrives slowly but surely as the investigating uh, crew gathers together to prepare for the trek up to uh, Castle Plum. Uh, it's not nightfall by any means just yet. It's still a bit early. You're probably going to head up around uh, uh, half four or just about 4.30. And uh, you begin your walk. Now, the one thing I'd like to just kind of make sure we're aware of is is anybody planning on bringing foul tools that I need to be aware of? So about that. Uh, I bring my bag with the wolf's bane mixture in it. I mean, it's not like displayed or anything, but I have my satchel. Foul tools. I bring my handgun. You bring your handgun. Okay, farewell. Uh, I am not, well, I don't have a whole lot of clothes, so I'm Considering the condition everything's in, I think I'm going to have to ditch my top coat and just go, like, shirt and suspenders and pants, so no no weapons, like, no no arsenal. But I will have my um, my satchel with me that just kind of has my tools in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. I don't have, like, a pistol or... I mean, I guess I have a hunting knife on me, but it's in my boot. Um... Okay. And anyone else? I am not bringing anything because, uh, well, I'm wearing a, an evening dress, which goes just like, so like an emerald, like slapper type evening dress. So I can't fit an axe, like a hand axe anywhere in there and my shotgun. Oh, I bet you could. <laughs> really? You can do it like a thigh holster? Yeah. You're not um, trying hard enough. <laughs> I think I need a maybe a little bit smaller of a hand. There's a hatchet in the third petticoat. That's true. I could probably do a hatchet as a as a eye holster. Yeah, but I probably not for this. Okay, you uh, you head up the uh, rather long road and ramp, uh, two hundred feet above the village floor. You get a wonderful view of of the village and its surrounding areas. Um, the castle is fairly impressive. Uh, it looks a little bit more like a Victorian mansion than a castle nowadays, although the um, you can tell that the, the crenellations uh, that, that are atop it do harken back a bit to uh, several centuries before. And you get received at the front door by uh, the staff. They welcome you into the castle. I walk up to the gentleman... Um that I'm assuming is, is the gentleman I talked to on the phone with the tuxedo type suit on and um, extend my hand to him and you know introduce myself as I'm Lillian Lane. Um, I, I believe we spoke on the phone. Oh, we did. Uh, he gives you a very courteous bow, takes your hand. He doesn't do anything with it, but he just takes it for a moment and then releases it. I'm Giles, a uh, Give me uh, but a moment, and he he turns almost as if on cue back towards uh, the castle itself, and uh, the doors open up, and you see an older gentleman uh, who strikes quite a picture here. His well-appointed suit, he has all manner of accoutrements and uh, medals even. Even as he walks among the uh, outer area of the castle as he makes his way towards you, you see that the servants here stiffen almost at his approach. I watch him very carefully. He definitely knows his um, social power. Uh, There's definitely an air about him as if he is certain uh, of himself. He doesn't lack for any sort of confidence. Um, as we're making our way through, I'm kind of making a show of 
kind of looking after the doctor, like helping him along, kind of, you know, finger on his elbow, just kind of helping him watch his step. Sure. This man, this older man, bald plate. He's got a heavy kind of walrus mustache. He's definitely in formal attire. Uh, and then you see at his right is a young man that uh, you uh, you met, Jack. You see Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, his son. He extends his hand to you, Miss Lane, and almost picks up where Giles left off. Miss Lillian Lane, is it? It is. I am Lord Arthur Vane. Welcome to Castle Plum. Thank you for having us, Lord Vane. We appreciate um, the invitation to uh, dine with you. Well, it isn't very often that we get such prestigious guests from the Americas. It's uh, quite something. I'm somewhat familiar with your father's work and uh, his knowledge of horse breeding and equestrian activities is known to those in the realm here who work in those circles. Well, I'd be happy to discuss that with you Hmm. over dinner. Well, we shall see. He gives you a pleasant but reserved smile. It isn't really until you move into Castle Plum that you realize that someone was along for the journey, kind of hidden back behind Lawrence. Uh, She's a very striking looking young woman. Uh, She has shoulder length blonde hair uh, that she keeps brushed out. She has blue eyes. She's rather slim. She's taller. She's almost as tall as Lawrence is, actually. So she's probably about 5'10", 5'11". But she's socially very reserved. Is she watching us? She's not watching you, per se, but she's walking along as the group of you head into the dining area. As you get into, they they begin showing you your seats, and Lord Vane speaks up and says, uh, This is my son, oldest son, Lawrence. I believe some of you may have met him. He uh, gets out to the village. And, uh, and this is my daughter, Eloise. She nods and sits down next to her brother. So when you guys came in, you go through a couple of double doors. And uh, since, Simone, since you had been near the castle and around its its gardens, you can tell that when you went in, you moved directly through the castle uh, and then you went to the right. And it's at that point when you go to the right, you can tell through the windows, because you guys walk through uh, a rather expansive study into the formal dining room. And it's when you get to the formal dining room, Simone, that you notice there are two French doors at the end of the formal dining room. The gardens. And that's when your heart skips a beat. And then you come back to reality. Yeah, I'd probably drop a fork on a plate and do something awkward. So, tell us uh, what brings you to Darby. A friend of ours uh, recently passed away, and we were just um, finishing up some of his last wishes. Oh, sorry to hear that. I hope uh, I hope that is easy for all of you. It's never easy to lose someone. It isn't. Um, but thank you. The service begins uh, for food. In succession, you will be served tonight uh, an hors d'oeuvres. They put out uh, pate, they put out fish, um, and then the main course tonight is steak. So some of you might note that the steak here is served very rare. And then for dessert, you're given plum pudding. And then you notice, Sigmund, that there is a pretty fine selection of cheeses here. Wunderbar. It has been a long time since I've had a good cheese plate. Uh, this cheese is, um, it's, it's probably just as strong as you might get back home. They have, they have done their research. They know good cheese. So, uh, why don't you introduce me to the rest of your compatriots, Miss Lane? Absolutely. I, I'm sorry I did not do that in the first place. That was awfully rude of me. Who's sitting closest to me? I am. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> well, you can't shoot him in the back if he's close to you. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Um, I point to, I'm assuming to my right. Right, don't point. I, you know, gesture slightly to my right. This is Mr. Forsythe, also an American. Next to him, the doctor. Next to him is Mr. Jack Doyle. He is a private investigator. Pleasure. Mm. Next to him is Maeve O'Shea. Lawrence Vane speaks up and says, uh, and, and uh, Miss O'Shea, what do you do? Study, how do I say this? Oddities? It's fascinating. It's wonderful, the age that we live in, where we can just dive into whatever we like. And um, next to Miss O'Shea is, is Simone Granger. I'm doing my absolute best to not just like facepalm right there at the dinner table. So so here's what I'll do for you, Miss Lane, because I know that you're far more eloquent when you'd like to be. If you would like to make a, a charm roll yeah. to, to see how this all goes over, that, that might help. I'm probably a little nervous because I got to bullshit my way through dinner. Forty-seven out of sixty-five. So, as um, strange as it might have sounded to us, uh, it seems that uh, Miss Lane's introductions went over fairly well. Actually, Lawrence Vane uh, turns to you, Simone, and he asks in French if you're from France. I have spent plenty of time there. Yes. <laughs> I would not. I uh, would not say that I've uh, lived my entire life. Well. It's wonderful to have you all here. So, uh, regale me, Miss Lane, of your father's equestrian um, tales. Just before I left the States to come over to Europe, he had just purchased a new stallion for breeding. Mm. The bloodline of the new thoroughbred that he has is outstanding, and he um, does plan on not only breeding this stallion, but also racing him as well. Of course. Do you watch much of the races? Well, when I can get to them, yes. Uh, unfortunately, my time and country is sometimes spent in London dealing with matters. Of course, of course. I that sounds very interesting. Well, uh, it's uh, something of a matter of requirement when you're uh, someone in our role. It's a, it's an important part of the governance of the country. I can only imagine. Do you get to get out and ride very much? Not as much as I would like to, but uh, my riding facilities are closer to London. I, uh, land here isn't um, prepared yet for the stabling of horses. Have you been here at the castle long? or? <laughs> well, it's our family's castle. Of course. Of course. Miss O'Shea, you notice uh, Eloise get up in the middle of the meal, like when the servants are bringing back and forth several different courses and clearing plates, she gets up um, and just kind of quietly excuses herself where Lord Vane just gives her a very quick and simple nod and she immediately exits the room. I'm going to take out my pocket watch, kind of look at it and look at the doctor and kind of like clear my throat. <clears> throat> uh, doctor, is it uh, not time for your... Uh... Let's keep yes. the hips moving, no? <laughs> I'll scoot up from my chair. Help him out of his. If you will excuse me, Lord Vane, I am needing a brief constitutional. Um, I was wounded in the war, and I need to stay mobile. Oh, of course. Um, perhaps uh, we could adjourn to the library, he points in one of the directions. I'm like, li library? Li library? What a wonderful idea. If you would like us to paste the library, I miss up. I suppose that is something we could do. Well, you'd have an opportunity to get him up a few stairs. That might help uh, unstiffen that leg. He stands up. I just kind of like smile awkwardly at the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the library sounds wonderful. As they're heading up the stairs, just kind of look at Simone and shrug a little. <laughs> <laughs> I kick the doctor down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you all quietly adjourn to the library as we're walking to the library do i see her anywhere because i will be looking for her yeah so while you're moving through because you guys have to come from the back of the castle 
towards the front of it again and then up the stairs. There's there's quite a bit of movement uh, to get to the second floor, um, which is where the library is at, I believe. No, it's, sorry, it's on the first floor. So you guys, yeah, have to cross the, um, the Great Hall. You see her uh, going uh, up the second flight of stairs, Miss O'Shea, mm-hmm. and she looks like she's moving fairly quickly. Do I think that I would be able to break away from the group to follow her without being noticed? That's a wonderful question. Would you like to make a stealth roll? Sure. I will give you advantage on the roll because you are likely near the back of the group. Right. And uh, all the eyes are pointed in the different direction. Well, that's a 10 out of 20. Control hard success. Um, if, would anybody else like a spot hidden versus her hard success? Yes. Uh, yes. Sure. You can take your sure. spot hidden. I will roll for the veins. Oh, yeah. Good. Doctor with the uh, extreme success. Oh, and I see Jack. nothing. <laughs> All right, so Jack is a two out of a 92, so he definitely sees it happen. The doctor. Doctor and uh, and Jack, you see, you see Miss O'Shea far more unobtrusive than you can remember her ever being. Uh, she slips to the right, and she is out of sight. Okay, Miss O'Shea, we'll keep the camera with you for the moment. Uh, so you slip away and up the stairs and find yourself on the upper floor of Plum Castle. Where are you headed to? Do I know in what direction she, Eloise, moved to? Uh, just moving up the stairway here, you get to the landing in the balcony, and it appears that um, she, she, she could have really only gone a couple of different places. There's really... It looks like this upper floor of the castle is kind of subdivided into four different parts. Uh, you are imagining that this is likely where the veins sleep. Oh, so it looks like rooms and stuff? It looks like a hallway, uh, or two hallways, that go to um, two sets of bedrooms. And you hear from your right-hand side, you hear a door shut. I will turn that direction. Okay. You head down that direction, or turn that direction, and uh, head towards that way. You see that there are two doors at the end of the hall, one on the left and one on the right. Do I hear anything from either room? Give me a listen roll. 38 out of 20. You listen for a bit, and you're not truly certain which direction, which door she would have gone in. Um, You get it in your head that it's basically a coin flip. Well, yeah, the thing is, is if they're rooms, I don't really want to, like, barge into her room. I had a good excuse if she was just, like, headed somewhere else, but... So I guess I will, uh, go back to the group. Okay. Camera back on the group, then. Those of you in the library are uh, greeted by a wide-sweeping library. Shelves from floor to ceiling, and... It almost feels like you're back in the Carlisle Mansion, for that matter. Very similar appointments. Lots of um, heavy dark woods, leather seating. Lord Vane offers you all uh, your choice of cigars or pipe tobacco. Thank you. When I slip back in, I'm going to start looking at the bookshelf. So it'll be like they didn't really notice I wasn't there because I didn't sit down. When you slip in and head towards the uh, first, kind of t- towards the right, so you can get to uh, books as if you were perusing them, you hear uh, Lord Vane say, uh, "Mr. Shea, did you find everything okay?" Oh yeah, sorry, Miss Lane. Beyond your father's equestrian habits, um, I find it strange that you're here uh, this far north into Darby. So why don't you tell me what your friend, what he needed resolved? I look down at my hands for a second, and then I place them behind my back, and I, I look at Lord Vane, and a friend asked, the, didn't ask so much as had wanted to inquire about an incident here, um, but was unable to do before his death of the incident where the large animal killed those individuals 
not so long ago. Really? Well, you're in luck then. The constable has dealt with the creature. Uh, I'm afraid that's not true. Really? He sits forward in his chair. I myself was attacked by this creature last night. You see him look over to Lawrence, his son. Truly. Well, uh, you seem to have fared well enough to make the trip up. Yes, uh, just a bad scrape from his claws. I'm surprised you didn't hear. Uh, it was actually not that far from the castle. I had to uh, fight it off with a gun. I heard nothing here. Lawrence, he turns to his son. Did you hear gunshots last night? See, Lawrence looks as uh, surprised as his father. I didn't hear any gunshots. You said you shot it. Is it dead? No, no. Uh, I shot it four times, and it uh, it left, but it was it was not slowed down at all. Hey, Mike, can I get a psychology roll on Lord Vane? You absolutely can. He's talking to Lawrence, and uh, hopefully one on Lawrence. I want to see what they're... I want to try to piece together what they're thinking about. So you're going after Lord Vane first? Yep, 28 under 75. Okay, uh, give me one second, yep. Tiff, and I'll be with you. Okay. Your read on Lord Vane is that he's not being entirely accurate with you. Oh, or Jack, for that matter. And he is definitely using a lot of well-worn levers. I didn't hear anything. We didn't see anything. The problem's been dealt with. This is a this is a diatribe you've heard before here. Right. So when you pick up on him doing it, you pick up on not just the, the party line, so to speak, that the village uses, but you're, you're hearing it from the font which dispenses that. This is the fountainhead, yeah, that all of that is coming from. Right. Right. Um, so your question, Miss O'Shea? Was if they had any books of any interest, like, to what we are looking for? Uh, there's probably, I don't know, a, a thousand books in here. So well, sure, I'm going to peruse some, but I'm just saying, like, let me know if I come across any that seem interesting. Yeah, I mean, you can make a, a library use roll if you'd like. If you're if you're completely turning your back on the conversation and focusing on the books, which is totally in your wheelhouse, mm -hmm. you're welcome to make a library use roll. 56 out of 89. Okay. Uh, you find a book on North England folklore. It seems to be fairly well-worn. There don't seem to be any uh, occult books here, per se, uh, but... There are a couple of here that seem to be interesting. Uh, you see one which is, which seems to be a handwritten journal. Okay. On the front cover, it says "History of the Veins." Mm. Yes, uh, like I said, it was a, uh, it was quite a harrowing evening. I'm terribly sorry that's happened to you. Hopefully, um, your quick quick wit and, and weapon have uh, dealt a blow to this creature. Perhaps. Don't think too much about it. It's, I'm well experienced in finding unusual things and dealing with them. There's a roll of thunder and a crack of lightning. If I may ask, uh, if you did not hear uh, the bullets from nearby, did you hear the howling? Howling? No. We hear things occasionally, but it's tough to tell with this drafty old castle. Sometimes it's the the wind. Can I look in that journal and see like peruse anything that catches my eye? You can make a language English roll. I get a bonus die. Four out of 78. Um, so you learn a couple of things relatively quickly just by scanning a few pages. One, this text is going to take you a couple of hours, maybe maybe at least an hour to discern. You also discern just by the first few pages that it's a diary of Edgar Vane. And the date, the first date that you come across uh, seems to put this journal somewhere in the 16th century. Okay. Never mind then. Keep moving on. Oh, I was going to look in the folklore book. Does it have uh, anything on ghouls in it? Like, I mean, like, if I'm, like, looking at the table of contents, does it talk about certain critters, creatures? There's no real table of contents. It's more pictures and then the text beside the picture. 
Okay. It's a, it's too old to be a traditional index. Okay. There's another roll of thunder and then a significant change in the air pressure in the room. Uh, I'm going to take my pocket watch out and see what time it is. Uh, it's about 7.30 by this point, so it's definitely dark by now. Perhaps we should be heading back to town before the weather gets too bad? I just kind of look around with the rest of the group. It might not be a bad idea. What's what's Babe doing? Chilling with a book? Uh, she seems to be perusing a few different books. I will wander over to her. Mm-hmm. Since I'm assuming that, like, she's kind of absorbed, I will put myself in her peripheral vision rather yeah. than just, like, tap her on the shoulder. Right. Yes. Is there uh, anything good? Hmm. Not really. Not that I can find. I don't know if any of these books are my kind of books. What is she looking through? Like, what? She's created, like, a bit of a pile. No, I put them back. <laughs> Yeah, she's really only seen a few books. It's really uh, at the point of you going over and just kind of inspecting a few things and the conversation dimming a bit with Vane and uh, Jack that you hear a clear call through the air. And it is pitched up and then higher and higher, rising on the air. It shakes its way through the masonry of Castle Plum. The howl is unmistakable. And that's what we call it tonight. And so I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us this session. It was a ton of fun. And uh, we look forward to seeing you once again next week for uh, more adventures through Masks of Neil Arthur Tep. So have a wonderful night, everyone.